Thank you for listening to The Sound Castle. Up next, we have the sequel in the series. Two cousins named Magellan and Gadget are trapped in the labyrinth-like sound castle where every sound made in the world above is stored in the boxes below. They're looking for a way out and also hoping to find the unheard final words of Magellan's sister. You just heard The Sound Castle, the first radio play in the series. The series continues in two parts. First, in the Jabberwocky, Magellan and Gadget are alarmed to find out they are not quite alone in the dark. And in The Listeners, they start to unravel more of the mystery of the Soundcastle and make a surprising connection with their audience outside. The Jabberwocky and The Listeners are written by Sarah Emtaj, sound designed by Jeremy Kerr, and stars Billy Kearns and Douglas Connors, directed by Becky Bridger. Read more about the Soundcastle series at shortwavetheater.com, and without further ado, please enjoy the show. Last time on The Soundcastle. My name is Magellan Jones, and this is my cousin Gadget. Um, howdy. We're speaking to you from the edge of the mountains as we hunt for the entrance to, drumroll please, the legendary Sound Castle. The Sound Castle is kind of like a gigantic sound archive that somehow collects every sound made on the planet. We're actually broadcasting through a sound box we brought back from the Sound Castle Tower. I've rewired it so it can record and transmit audio. The sound box is a small metal box about seven inches square, and the sound castle has maybe millions like it, each with a distinctive sound. The tower doesn't actually connect to the castle anymore. Here's where the stairs used to lead down, but it caved in ages before we ever found this place. What's that shelf sort of thing on the wall? A sound lock? We are crossing the mountains now. Elevator shaft. We made it. We're in the sound castle, Gadget. And now, the thrilling continuation. What's that? Did we leave any of the sound boxes open? I don't think so. It's coming from the room where we started. Let's go see what it is. Or we could, you know, Savor the suspense of the secret and escape with our lives instead? Ha ha. It might be nothing, but I'm going to take a look. (sighs) The noise has stopped. 
I don't see anything from the doorway. Going a little further in, Magellan Jones. Private Eye is on the case of the mysterious noise with my fellow gumshoe, Gadget. Uh, what's a gumshoe? A detective. Oh, because they get gum stuck to their shoes or because they wear shoes made out of gum? Huh, good question. Hmm. <laughs> the lights! <gasps> they all blacked out. It's okay, it's okay. I've got the flashlight. Oh, oh. Hmm. I don't see anything out of the ordinary. Uh, can I borrow the light, Madge? I thought I saw something over by the wall, just before the blackout. There's literally a light bulb attached to your head right now. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> the mining helmet. I forgot about that. Ah, and it actually works. <laughs> a real light bulb moment. <laughs> <laughs> oh! What? Oh, uh, never mind. Uh, it's just a pile of rubble. Probably from the elevator collapse. It just looked like, I don't know, like some kind of monster for a moment there. Oh, yeah. I see what you mean. These round lamp things could be its eyes. And these broken pipes could be the arms and legs. Not a particularly humanoid creature, but... The construction of a mad scientist, perhaps. Was there actually this much junk when we were here a minute ago? Everything looks different by flashlight. Yeah, spookier. With the weird shadows? I wonder if the sound we heard was related to the blackout. Maybe we can find the fuse box. Among all the other boxes in here. Well, the fuse box should be attached to the wall. <laughs> hey, Gadget! Look over here! You find it? No, but a clue! Maybe. There's a pile of earth and mud here that fell through where the wall broke. And there's a kind of imprint here. Maybe a footprint. I think it's fresh. Uh, it would have to be fresh. We knocked that wall down about ten minutes ago. What kind of shoe makes a print like that? Maybe a gumshoe. <laughs> <laughs> and look. There are traces of dirt in the same shape leading directly, directly towards, towards the, the big pile of rubble. Do you think whatever it was is hiding in there? Wait, has the rubble moved? Did you see it move? No, did you? Uh, not exactly, but it has a different position. I mean, posture from when we saw it a second ago. Maybe we're just seeing it from a different angle now. Uh, but look at its leg, or this pipe, or whatever. It was more upright before. Now it's just crouched down, and this thing at the end, it's got dirt on it. It's the same shape as the tracks. <gasps> the lamp lies lit up! It's alive! for it to follow us? At least we can gain some ground. 
Fair enough. Shut off your light, and let's double back and go down the other hall. Good plan. Did it keep going? Did we lose it? I don't. Disregard the box noise and silence the invaders. You can clean up the mess after. Affirmative. I can't believe we dropped the broadcast box. I've got it now. Good, let's get back to the shelter. Quick, I hear it coming back. I think we're safe here. For now. <sighs> Safely under siege? We're on a kind of balcony thing, overlooking one of the large halls. We're high enough up that it can't reach us from below. A collapsed wall covers the way in. Except for the hole we crawled through. Which is, thankfully, too small for the creature to fit. <sighs> That's the one advantage of it being terrifyingly enormous. I think it's still pacing back and forth in the hall beneath us. Oh, yeah. I can hear it jabbering to itself down there. Jabbering. <laughs> <laughs> we could call it the Jabberwocky. Like the poem. Exactly! It jabbers, it walks, it got eyes of flame. I don't think they're actually on fire. It whiffled through the tolgy wood and burbled as it came. Did you know that the Jabberwocky never uses the crosswalk to get to the other side of the street? What? Hmm, that's why we call it jaywalking. <laughs> Maybe it will run down its batteries with all this pacing. I have a theory. <sighs> that the Jabberwocky is siphoning power from the castle itself. And that's why the lights keep going out. If that's the case, I don't think it will run out anytime soon. Does it even know we're here? Oh, it definitely knows. It keeps looking right at us. So, there's no harm in trying out the sound boxes up here. We might make it angry. Let it be angry. If it could reach us up here, it would have already. Hmm. True. <laughs> I don't think he's fond of accordion music. Here, <laughs> take it then. Oh, got it right on the head. <laughs> oh, that's definitely angry now. We'll drown it out for now. Hey, do you still have that red cellophane wrapper that was on the trail mix? I think so. Why? For right now, at least. This is our fortress. 
and we might as well make it a refuge. The cellophane goes on the flashlight. Uh -huh. And see? Ah. Now it's a campfire. <laughs> That's actually rather pleasant. Earhart showed me how to do that. And now, all it needs is a campfire story. If you can think of one. Hmm. There's a weird one I heard once at camp. A girl named Nora said it really happened to her great uncle. Fire ahead. Wait, was that a campfire pun? An unintentional one. I'm still counting it. Fine. Just tell the story already. Okay. <sighs> the story goes like so. A couple of decades ago, they used to have field trips into the sound castle until one fateful day, Frank Rosenberg fell behind from the group and took a wrong turn. Dun dun dun! He wandered for a while, calling out his teacher's name and was beginning to feel very concerned until, turning a corner, he found a patch of daylight. He followed the light and found an opening out onto the meadows. It wasn't the same way they had entered the castle, but he thought he could see the way to the hill where they'd parked the bus. It had been overcast when his class went into the castle, but now the sun was shining brightly and the birds were singing. As he got closer, he saw the main entrance to the sound castle, but where the parking lot and school bus should have been was instead a bustling train station. Frank was deeply bewildered. He saw several grown-ups in plaid suits ushering a group of children onto a train car. At first he thought about asking for directions, but as soon as one of the grown-ups saw him, they shouted out to him to come, as if they would put him on the train as well. Frank turned and ran back down the hill as fast as he could go. He thought he could hear them chasing after him, but he never looked behind him until he was safely in the sound castle again. He wandered around for a while until he found his teacher and classmates. And when they left the castle, there was the parking lot, and the bus, and the overcast sky, exactly as he had seen it before. And no one he talked to had ever heard of a train station in that part of the valley. Frank Rosenberg was always nervous around trains, and never set foot near the sound castle again as long as he lived. Well, this one at least has a fairly happy ending. And the mystery is intriguing. I wonder if there's any element of truth to it. Uh, well, his great-niece Nora seemed to think so. But she also thought that stars were giant lightning bugs in the sky, so... Mm. Lightning bugs. Hmm. Like those two eyes still staring at us. Do you think it's ever going to give up and go away? Mm, well, if it's a game of patience, I have a feeling it's going to outlast us. Then maybe it's time for us to get impatient. Time for a plan of escape. What about this ventilation shaft? It looks big enough for us to fit. I could disassemble the filter and fan, but the shaft itself has collapsed a couple of yards in. See? Oh, yeah. Hmm. What about on the other side of the gallery? There's another balcony sort of place like this one, and it looks like another opening to the ventilation shaft. Uh, the only problem being the giant metal monster between us and the other side. The boxes are stacked pretty high around the edge of the wall. If we crept around on top of them, we should be out of the Jabberwock's reach. And hope that the claws that catch don't catch us? 
but it may be our best shot. We could make a diversion first. True. If we could convince it that we're going out the way we came in, that may give us enough time to get across before it notices. Maybe we could put a sound box through the hole. Huh? This one says it's people running. Perfect. Do you want to throw it then? Sure. Let's just get all our stuff together first. Ready? Ready. Goodbye, Refuge. Oh! Oh! Ooh, it hurt that. It's going. Let's go. Oh! It's coming back! It's knocking over all the boxes to get to us! Quick! We're nearly there! No! Let her go! You okay? Yeah. Here, I'll try to get the shop open before the Jabberwock figures out a way to get up here. You don't have to take all the fan blades off for us to fit through. Oh, true, but if it can control the lights, then maybe it can control the fans. One of these blades could cut a head clean off, and we want to hang on to those. Wait, where'd my aviator cap go? Oh. It must have fallen when the Jabberwock nearly had you. I don't see it on the floor down there. It's tangled up in the Jabberwocky's external wing. I... Guess it's the Jabberwocky's adventure hat now. It belonged to Earhart. I, I'm sorry. Gadget, hand me that fan blade. Okay, but why? Thanks. Okay, but why? Twas Brillig, and the broadcast box was gathering garble on the way. Magella, don't go down there! With flimsy puns and paradox as the brave explorers stray. Beware the Jabberwock, my friend. The jaws that bite, the claws that catch. Beware its blatant, bitter end. The deathly light, the writhing wretch. So, I take my vorpal sword in hand and descend to meet the maxim fall. I come to take a final stand, to glare into its eyes glow. See now, you hunter of unlawful prey, you conqueror contemptible, you will conquer nothing here today. One, two, one, two, and through, and through, the vorpal blade goes snicker-snack. You knocked its head right off. I leave it dead. And with its head, I come galumping back. It's heavy. And hast thou slain the Jabberwock? I hast! (laughs) And reclaimed my aviator cap. You're really all right? Yeah! Oh, oh, fraptious day, Kalu Kalei! He shouted in his joy. 
I didn't know you had that in you. Neither did I. Oh, well, it worked out okay, but please, don't ever do anything like that again. I can't make any promises. Oh, fair enough. What does one do with the slain Jabberwock? Oh. oh, let's get our packs from the balcony, and then I can use my tools to take it apart and make sure it's really out of commission. Sure. Uh, I'm just going to leave the broadcast box here. I wonder if this is the only Jabberwock, or if whoever owned it will come after us now. Uh, the lights are steady again, so it probably was the Jabberwock causing that. Did you hear something? No. Huh. Once you've performed the autopsy, maybe we'll figure out more about what its purpose is, or was, and who sent it. Magellan? Gadget? Can you hear me? Are you there? CFRC's annual funding drive is now underway. Pay it forward with CFRC this year and help us build a new accessible website, support station operations, and fund a free radio theater camp for Kingston youth next summer. Every dollar counts. Donate today at cfrc.ca. This November, we're bringing back the Shortwave Radio Theater Festival. From November 1st to 6th, enjoy a week of free radio theater programming on air and online. Want to know more about the artists we're featuring in this week-long free festival of radio drama? Take a tour of the good folks making this festival happen at shortwavetheater.com slash theartists. by a woman who's a Queen's faculty member or a Kingston community member? The call for nominations for the Banry Foundation Inspiring Women Awards is now open. Each year, the Banry Foundation presents awards to women who've been an inspiration to others. The Mentorship Award goes to a woman faculty member who's been supportive and inspiring to women students at Queen's. The Leadership Award goes to a woman in the community who's been inspiring and who fosters opportunity for others. This is your chance to nominate your inspiring woman to get the recognition she deserves. For more details and a nomination form, please visit the Banry Centre website. Hello, listeners! Welcome back to the broadcast of the Revolutionary Expedition Club. My name's Magellan. And I'm Gadget. Coming to you live from the depths of the Sound Castle. If you're just tuning in, please be aware that this broadcast is in fact a distress call. We're trapped down here and very much in need of your assistance. And now, a musical interlude.
<laughs> I hope you enjoyed that. We've been practicing for half an hour. Welcome, listeners, to day two of our adventure in the Sound Castle. Yesterday was eventful. To put it mildly. We started exploring the castle. Solved a sound lock puzzle. Crashed an elevator. Found ourselves trapped down here. Fought with a giant robot that we called the Jabberwock. And I think that's about where we ended our last broadcast. After that, I disassembled the Jabberwocky and disabled the tracking device, but kept the transmitter live. So we can use it to try and track the source of the signal. Can you explain to the listeners how that works, Gadget? Yeah. You want all the technical details? Um, maybe just the basics of how we're going to use it. Huh. Well, basically, we watch this little display here, and when we get more green bars, we know we're getting closer. Or if there are fewer green bars, that means we are further away from the source of the signal. Right now, there are two steady bars and one flickering. So, it's a game of hot and cold? Yeah, more or less. Then, we may in fact be on the trail of the Jabberwocky's inventor, or director? Puppeteer? For the sake of convenience, we've been calling this person Carol. Now, I'm very aware that going toward this individual is not ideal, but we don't have a lot of options right now in Carol, whoever they are and however hostile, may be willing to show us the way out. Or offer some explanations about the Jabberwocky. The signal might even lead us right out of the castle so we can avoid Carol altogether. Or maybe we can negotiate safe passage in return for the location of the remaining Jabberwocky parts, which we've hidden in one of the many, many air vents. Laid to rest like the bones of an ancient king. Hmm. It's more or less rebuildable, though. Some pieces were considerably damaged in the battle. When I vanquished it. When you vanquished it. Anything else to update our audience on? Um, hmm. Uh, for breakfast this morning, we had beef jerky, yogurt-covered cranberries, and gash station danishes. It was a surprisingly good combination. I don't disagree. Anyway, listeners, we will keep you updated on any further developments, and... We're signing off for now. Hello again, listeners. It is still day two, and we're still tracking Carol. But we're also exploring the sound boxes as we go to try and figure out how they're organized so we can hopefully find the final sound box of my sister, Earhart Jones. Theory one, alphabetical organization. We're starting with the first boxes in the third hall north from the big staircase. Scissors. Peacock. Friends, countrymen, lend me your ears. A monologue from Shakespeare's Julius Caesar. So, scissors, scream of peacock, Shakespeare, so far so good? Hmm. Typewriter? Well, T comes after S, right? Mm, true. Uh, but this one's a quail call. Okay, so... Well, Q comes before S. <laughs> really? <laughs> okay, yeah. But I've always felt like it should go after S. 
What if the sound castle has its own alphabet? An alphabet that places Q nearer to the end where it rightfully belongs. <sighs> okay, fair enough. First theory is a bust. We shall continue collecting data and check in with you later, listeners. Over and out for now. Bye. Hey there, listeners. You probably didn't know that I wanted to be an astronaut when I was a kid. <sighs> but my parents told me the sky was the limit. <laughs> Gadget. <laughs> all right, all right. Over and out. <laughs> could it be chronological? I guess, but how could we test that? The boxes aren't date stamped or anything. I wish the labels had more information. And how do the boxes even get labeled? Does it just happen by some kind of automated process? And if so, who put that in place to begin with? And how is it maintained? It might be better not to think about it too much. <sighs> yeah. We've got no choice but to live with the suspense of the secret. Over and out for now. Or under and in, if you prefer. <laughs> oh, actually? That is what we're doing, isn't it? Going further under the earth and further into the castle. Kind of unnerving, yeah? <laughs> well, signing off for real now. The question is, if it's organized geographically, would the collection itself correspond directionally within the castle to the world outside? And where would a sound from an airplane in mid-air fit into that? What was that? Never mind, Gadget. I'm just thinking out loud. So I'm thinking about what our strategy should be when we finally find Carol. We should definitely be on our guard, but it would probably be better to strike a friendly tone. We don't want things to get too confrontational, right? Right, Magellan? Oh, sorry. What were you saying? Just that I think we should be careful whenever we find Carol to keep things, you know, peaceable. Fair enough. We'll be as tactful as pterodactyls. <laughs> Maybe Carol knows how the boxes are organized. That could be part of our negotiation. We offer the Jabberwock back and whatever else Carol wants in return for their help to find Earhart's box. And for a way out of the castle? Yeah. Eh, it's worth a shot. Hey, listeners. Welcome to Lunch Break in the Labyrinth. How are we doing for supplies, Gadget? Uh, we have beef jerky, cheese curd, cherries, a cucumber, licorice, celery, peanut butter, bagels, cashews, dried apple slices, trail mix, and 26 yogurt-covered cranberries. So, listeners, if you have any recipe suggestions for these exact ingredients, we are eagerly awaiting your call. All in all, we're pretty well off. For the moment, I'm more worried about the lack of sunlight. We're not getting any vitamin D. Uh, don't you get scurvy or something if you don't get enough vitamin D? No. Scurvy is caused by a lack of vitamin C. Oh. I don't actually know what a lack of vitamin D causes. It turns you into a vampire. <laughs> <laughs> the Jabberwock single is getting stronger. Four solid bars, so now we know we're on the right track. It's leading us deeper into new regions of the castle. The architecture is subtly changing. And the lights have a different hue. <gasps> the single's gone. Gone? 
Like we lost it? Did we go off range or is it broken? It or is happened it... suddenly as if the signal was cut off at the source. Do you think Carol heard us broadcasting? Well, we have no control over who tunes in. Carol is as likely to be listening as anyone else. Carol, if you're hearing this, Shh. we don't mean to harm you no. in any way. Don't. Broadcast back to us if you can do that. We'll hear you out. Or turn the signal back on so we can find you. We are not going to hurt you. We just want to talk. It's, um, it's getting late now. We can figure out what to do in the morning, huh? Hello, listeners. Welcome to day three. We still don't have any signal to track Carol, and we still don't have any idea how to find a specific sound box. And we still haven't heard from you to find out whether anyone is actually listening. And surprisingly enough, we're still alive. Our plan for now is to keep exploring and look for clues, so we'll keep you posted on any progress. Over and out of luck for now. Hmm. Magellan? Magellan? Magellan, where are you? I'm just over here! Where? Relax, Gadget. I was just checking out this side passage over here. Without telling me? You were busy. I didn't want to bother you. What bothers me is being left alone in an infinite maze without knowing where you went. Okay, okay. I'll try to remember to tell you next time. Good! Hello, listeners. Nothing to report. I just wanted to say hi, and remind you that you could always call us back if you want. The phone lines are ready and waiting. Technically, not a phone line. It's a metaphor, then. Okay. Sure. Please, metaphorically call us and literally radio us. Over and out. We've stopped for lunch again. The food packs are getting a little lighter, and Gadget has started doing calculations on how long we can survive with what we have. With rationing, one and a half more days? We overpacked for a day trip, but underpacked for an indefinite trek through a post-apocalyptic underworld. Mm. Yeah, that's unfortunate. Mm. Is there anybody there? Said the traveler, knocking the small gray box. Well, Gadget, in the silence, crunched and nibbled on some wilted celery stalks. And a moth fluttered up around the columns above the traveler's head. And she smote upon the box a second time. Is anybody there? She said. But no one answered the traveler. No voice to settle her fears made ripples of sound to break up the silence and beat on the drums of her ears. But only a host of phantom listeners that dwelt on a far, firm ground that stood listening in the quiet of lamplight to that voice from the realm of sound, stood scattered abroad in the world beyond, so far from the empty hall, hearkening in an air stirred and shaken by the lonely traveler's call. And she felt in her heart their strangeness, their stillness answering her cry, 
while Gadget looked on with an eyebrow raised and a barely perceptible sigh. Then she suddenly knocked once more on the box. Even louder, and lifted her head. Tell them I tried. And no one answered. But I kept my word, she said. Never the least sound made the listeners, though every word she spake fell echoing through their headphones and speakers from that one voice left awake. I, they heard her words in the castle and the sound of metal on stone. And oh, how the silence surged softly backward when she left the box alone. parents are worried about you now? Oh, yeah. I think this is the longest I've ever gone without talking to my folks. Honestly? I'm pretty sure. Even when you went to camp? Uh, well, my dad is a camp counselor. Wow. <laughs> Even when my family's in the same house, we can go for days without talking to each other. Like, after a fight? They just get really absorbed in their work. Huh. Well, work-life balance is tricky, I guess. <laughs> I mean, even when we do talk, we're not great at listening. We pretend to listen, or listen for the chance to say something smart. Um, just so you know, um, I'm not pretending. And I definitely don't have anything smart to say. Thanks, Gadget. Huh. No, for real. Thank you for listening and for putting up with me. Oh, sure thing. <sighs> Are you ready to go on now? Ready and rolling. Here's a new hall. And we're walking on carpet now. It's an ugly carpet, but still nice for a change. And is that a cubicle? It's a whole series of cubicles. Finally, something besides boxes. Well, cubicles kind of are boxes, but at least a different kind of box. And here's a rolly chair. <laughs> this was some kind of office space. An office space run amok. Paper scattered everywhere. Nameplates, desktops, headsets, fax machines, coffee machine... Do you think there's any coffee left? There's a shattered carafe over here! And the stain of spilt coffee. Look at the stationery. It's labeled Soundcastle Operator Services. That name is on this bulletin board in places too. And look at this. A poster for Sentient Echo Safety Briefing. Uh, whatever that means. It's not like this place just went out of business gradually. It must have been abandoned in some kind of emergency. Mm -hmm. There are still lots of personal effects in these cubicles. The remains of a potted plant, photographs, someone's cardigan, someone's mug. This looks like some kind of break room over here. 
I wonder what a sound castle operator does. Or did. Pot. What? There's food. Edible? Uh, well, I don't want anything to do with what probably used to be a banana, but there's also instant noodles and canned peaches, crackers, sugar packets, protein bars, and abundance of coffee stir sticks. That's fantastic! Uh, let's see what else we can find in the cubicles. Oh, this might elucidate some things. What you got? The employee handbook. Oh, well, that may come in handy. Wait, what? Look at this match. What is it? Blueprints. What for? It's labeled Iron Guardian 3GX06. <gasps> but apart from a few variations... It still has a head for one thing. It is the Jabberwocky. Crap! What was that? Oh, well, Wait! It came from the broadcasting box. You can hear me? Am I actually coming through this time? We can hear you! Uh -huh. That's amazing! I I've been trying to reach you for days. Maybe it was rebooting the audio converter box that made the difference. For, for a while there, my microphone was actually disconnected and I didn't even realize it. Who are you? Are you Carol? Oh, no, no, definitely not. Uh, my name is Sarah, and, and I don't know anything about the Soundcastle, really, or, or this Jabberwocky Iron Guardian thing. Uh, I'm, I'm just your listener, or one of them. Um, actually, I've put, been picking up your broadcasts, and, and I put them on the radio, on a station for the local university, and, and they're also a podcast. Uh, what's a podcast? Are you messing with me, or do you live under a rock? Well, for the past three days, yeah. Right, yeah. Not I was... to cut you off, Sarah, but can you get a word to Gadget's family that we're okay? They're probably really concerned about him. And tell them about the tower where we entered the castle. My brothers know the place, and Magellan and I can trace our steps back there to wait for help. Uh, yeah, sure. I, I have no idea where any of these places are, but if you give me some contact info, I'll do what I can. And, and before this goes in the air, I'll just edit out your personal info. Did you get that? Yes, and uh, uh, thanks for letting me be part of your adventure. No, thank you. Okay, I'll get on this right now, and I'll get back to you as soon as I can. Wow. The Phantom Listener lives. Things are finally looking up. Huh. We can restock from the supplies here and take the handbook and the blueprints and retrace our steps to meet the rescue team. And even if we don't find Earhart's voice on this trip, we can plan another expedition with a few more safety precautions. Sounds great, Gadget. What's this cylinder sort of thing with the blueprints? Uh, it says echo chamber. Kind of looks like the same material as the Jabberwocky. Should I open it? Yeah, why not? Hmm. <laughs> looks like the same material as the Jabberwocky. Don't! Ow! What's it doing? Don't! 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 Don't!